Chances were wanting. Couldn't always score the goals. Fuck racist Red Wolves. Clean cut, but morally corrupt. It's forwards, backwards podcast, not from the Give Me Some Truth studios and not from the corner of Glenway and Monroe. This week, we talk Tucson, get wrapped up in pink tape and fuck Chattanooga. As always, I'm joined by the bell to my Sebastian, Kyle Carr. Kyle, uh, or Dan Fallon is away on sabbatical. Kyle, if I as evil overload lord of this podcast were to send Fallon off to work for the Atletico Lacrosse podcast, would you write a heartfelt and slightly bitter tribute to Dan Fallon, much like Leo Messi did about Luis Suarez after Luis Suarez was sold to Atletico Madrid? As, as everyone knows, I can be very, very petty. So you can count on me having a petty message sent out. Excellent. Uh, you know, have you, have you given any thought about this and, you know, how precisely you would backhandedly slap me for sending Fallon off into the wilderness? I mean, I don't know how I do it at this current moment. The phrase fuck boss, Steineke and Fitzgerald for being bitch ass cowards would be included. Um, I'd find a way to th- incorporate all those elements in there. I, I do think we need to in- note, uh, you know, very clearly that uh, you, uh, you have now added a rider to your contract with the podcast that you have to utter fuck Voss, fuck Steineke, fuck all those Republican bitch ass cowards. Uh, on the podcast. Hopefully uh, this does not get our, our two guests uh, today in trouble. Uh, and uh, we'll let you know that n- no cowboy Neil at the wheel Havati this week, quite frankly, because we've got a jam packed show. We've got two matches to recap and we're joined by uh, the wonderful Amanda Hoadley, president of the pink tape. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Good. How are you? Fantastic. And uh, you let us know, and we're going to talk a little bit about this uh, that you weren't able to, uh, uh, watch the match on Saturday because you may have been doing something perhaps a little bit more important for the fate of uh, our democracy, which we're going to talk about. And we're also joined by uh, Sapper and this podcast's uh, fashion consultant who's been uh, sadly, sadly with the, the Zoom meetings and no matches to attend, really we haven't been able to bring you on and have you do your, your recap of Forward Madison Fashion and to predict the trends as we shift seasons here, what what people should be wearing as we go into into the fall weather. That, of course, is uh, also the founder of the Pink Tape, Mike Quito. Mike, how are you? I'm doing beautifully. We live in the best possible of all possible times, and every day brings new news that is exciting and wonderful. And uh, we'll just keep telling ourselves that. Mike, uh, Mike, is this your first martini? I hope <laughs> it is. It is the first martini. The presence of the martini on this podcast is to make a clear-cut indication that I am speaking as a soccer hooligan, not as a municipal bureaucrat. Excellent. That's that's what we aim for. Uh, and and yet, because it's Mike Kyle, he classes it up. He a, a lovely gin martini, uh, and your gin was brought to you by Madison's own. State line, State line dis- yes. So we'll, we're going to put in a plug that the the pink tape should be sponsored by State Line Gin. Maybe they can supply you with martinis next year. Uh, I have heard that they are also doing a, a bang up business on making hand sanitizer. So 
recommend picking up some of the state line distillery hand sanitizer as well. And when COVID is o- open, they also have a great uh, event space. Uh, so host a party there in the future. We're doing a lot of legwork today for state line because we could all use more gin in our life. <laughs> I'm not um, one of those. I'm not uh, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a gin man. I'm not. No. By the by, by the way, Mike, I, I made reference to sapeur, and I was wondering if if you were familiar with the uh, sapeurs of uh, Brazzaville and, and Congo. Oh, miners working in the salt mines. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, not. In fact, the Société des Ambianceurs et Personnes Elegantes. They are gentlemen in Congo, Brazzaville, and uh, in Kinshasa who, inspired by fashion from France, uh, are, are noted, uh, we'll, we'll call them fashion peacocks, much like yourself. So uh, dropping, a little, dropping a little knowledge, There's a, there are a couple of good documentaries on the YouTube. Uh, recommend you uh, checking them out and uh, going into those. So before we get to the match recaps, wanted to talk a little bit to both of you, Amanda and Mike. Uh, Amanda is as president and... and Mike, as I think we could call you a founder, uh, vo- background founder, we'll, we'll say, of the Pink Tape. What, what got all of you together, Amanda, as, as kind of the Pink Tape? What, what brought you all in? Honestly, it was really Mike. Um, he had a great idea for a new supporter group, and he knew that there were quite a few people in my own city department of building inspection that were already pretty serious soccer fans. We went to pretty much every match last year and we're planning to this year. Um, so he really got a hold of the four of us and invited a few other people that he knew had gone to at least one match last year and just had us meet up at Jenna's for a quick gathering, run his ideas past us and the group was born. Pretty simple. Yeah, Mike, and one of the things that I had talked to you about was you you thought this would be kind of a cool idea, and you were wondering if there were actual things that such a group could promote and do at matches, and it turns out that that there's, you know, this year there's a specific focus, but also, and in, in building inspection kind of speaks to this, that there are more issues that you think having, you know, designated city representatives at, at Madison matches can help talk about. Correct. Um, so obviously the theme of 2020 was always going to be uh, assisting city residents with accessing the right uh, to their democracy, to you know, how do you register to vote? How do you request an absentee ballot, recruit poll workers? The, the original plan, uh, which of course everyone's original plans are out the window, but we had actually had authorization from both the city and the team that every home match at Breeze Stevens was going to have a voter registration table. Uh, and uh, the theme of the event was Flock the Vote. Uh, and Flock the Vote has gone virtual now. Um, only uh, all we're really able to do is um, continue to amplify that message on all the various uh, social media, you know, get ourselves invited to uh, widely listened to podcasts. Um, uh, which which ones are those? Yeah, it's not this one. one. Got that <laughs> yeah. not this one. That, it's recording right after this. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> You're doing the team podcast after this, right? Yes, yes, yes. Well, and the team has been a, a really good partner with us on, like, they were super pumped at the idea of how can the players get involved? What can the team do to support the community, uh, as they do with so many other things? And 
Well, I guess we can censor it out if I'm talking out of school, but I have seen uh, an early cut of next Saturday's commemorative poster. And uh, the official team commemorative poster for next Saturday uh, is a flock the vote poster. I am I am amazed. Let's this this is breaking news. Let's hope we don't get ourselves uh, fired. Sorry, uh, Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> I think they can handle it. Uh, you know, the three people that listen to this podcast probably knew about that poster anyway. Um, and and so Amanda, in and one of the things too that uh, had come up, uh, you know, Amanda, in addition to registering people to vote, the the city does a lot of stuff. Um, a couple of the, having attended a couple of the meetings because I've done, you know, stuff related to voter registration. And also I just like going to Jenna's, um, Amanda, some of the other things that, that, you know, the, the goal for the, the pink tape was to spread the word about include things like parks, land, uh, tenant rights, things like that. Can you talk a little bit more about those, you know, plans for the future, we might call them? Yeah, absolutely. So really we were hoping to have people involved from, all city departments so that we get a really wide span and can really provide access and information on everything that the city does for the citizens here in Madison. There's a lot of information on our websites that's really overwhelming and too much and you kind of just need people to tell you what what things probably are going to be useful and relevant to you. Um, Like if I'm interacting with people that I know live downtown in apartments like if college students and other people, I'll bring up that in my own department building inspection, we take complaints if your apartment has problems and your landlord's not addressing them quickly. Um, or some of our other members like uh, are in the parks department and there obviously you can do things like reserve um, fields if you have a team or something that wants to play soccer or, or other sports, or if you are hosting in a, in normal years, if you're hosting a party or something, you can reserve a shelter through them. But then also just sort of basic information for being a resident of Madison, like what day does your trash go out versus what week is the recycling and stuff like that, that people tend to not know, especially if they first move into a new house or neighborhood or something. So just trying to get out the word on all of the things that the city really does for you. And I, I think we're we're very lucky to live in. And speaking of parks, uh, Burroughs Park uh, was used for the photo shoot for the uh, new, uh, I guess we'd call it Miami Vice goalkeeper kit. Uh, I, I think they have a better better name. And Burroughs Park is, to my mind, a hidden gem of of Madison Parks. They've got a beautiful shelter there. Uh, I, in fact, feel bad talking about it because now the secret is out. But uh, beautiful shelter right on the lake. Uh, in a great neighborhood, um, you know, and, and two big fireplaces there. So this time of year, kind of a cool place. Uh, you know, I, I think right now you could have maybe four people there and stick them each on a corner with a martini um, in a plastic cup and, and have a good time. Not that we're endorsing drinking in our city parks, of course. Drinking What's that? Well, then, I was going to say, fun fact, I actually, Emma and I had our engagement photos and got married at Burroughs Park. Wow. The so, problem is ruined now that 12 people other than us have heard of it. So, well, you know, the, everybody's rushing right now onto the, the city website will crash from the sheer <laughs> yeah. traffic of people yeah. to have parties there. I, I didn't know you. Part, 
I should clarify that in almost all of our 206 parks, you can legally drink. Um, the parks do close at 10, uh, but it's the real issue is no glass because glass mm -hmm. interacts very badly with riding lawnmowers in potentially life-threatening ways. Uh, so you can go to most parks. There are some that have, it'll be posted if there's no alcohol. It's a very small number. They're mostly downtown. Um, but you can go and crack open a beer. Uh, you can bring a martini as long as you bring it in a plastic thermos and put it in a plastic glass uh, because glass in parks is dangerous. But so if you, if, if you travel with your own portable mar martini kit, much like I imagine you do, Mike, uh, you can just set up shop, put together, screw together your plastic martini glass, drain it right out. Everything is, is perfect. Kyle, Opta Lee actually introduced me to uh, Burroughs Park. Uh, and uh, it's a nice little short bike ride from downtown. It's a wonderful, great, great park. Great spot. Yeah, Always quiet. Fan of it. Soccer goals. Very nice. So um, speaking of martinis uh, and kind of moving into the, the point of this podcast more generally, uh, and as always, Amanda and Mike, uh, feel free to jump in because we're going to talk, first of all, about the match with Tucson. And Kyle, here's what I'm going to say about the match with Tucson. Let's say a, a dedicated podcast host of Forward Madison, uh, award-winning podcast host, no, no awards won, uh, wanted to stay up for the 930 match uh, against Tucson, but maybe had perhaps not anything as elegant as a martini, but maybe a couple of Miller High Lifes, maybe a couple more, maybe didn't uh, exactly fall asleep, maybe passed out uh, before the 9.30 match time. Uh, fortunately, he remembered to take the Jack's pizza that he was cooking out of the oven and so didn't burn the house down. Let's say, let's say that particular podcast did, host didn't watch uh, the Wednesday night match against Tucson. What key things do you think he might have missed? As the hardest working podcast host in Madison for sports, I did watch the whole thing. This is the one time that my inability to fall asleep came in handy, I would say. <laughs> um, but I would say there's three main points. Uh, the first one was the lineup itself when it first came out. Uh, Mike Fang was not in the starting lineup. Um, Daryl went with a midfield three of Ovalle, Leonard, and JC Banks, which not completely surprising. I mean, there's still all three really good players who have played consistently, but it was kind of shocking to not see Mike Vang starting. Um, kind of seemed like maybe this was a kind of game that you would want him to play in. And initially it was fine because the second point was there were a lot of chances. Unfortunately, Madison couldn't finish them. Um, nothing amplifies it more than in the second half uh, John Smart had the ball on the right wing, crossed it over to Woj, who headed it, and it went off the ground and hit the crossbar. And three minutes later on the opposite end, Tucson are able to score a goal. And with the final score being two to one, those were the kind of margins that Madison couldn't afford. I would say they had 70% of the ball, it seems like. They had all the chances. They were creating chances left and right. Just seemed like in the final third, they just couldn't put it all together. And that's and then Tucson only had two shots on target, but they scored two goals. And a lot of that was because Tucson's style of play, which is the third point, they are a counterattacking team and they have a lot of speed in their attack. Jack Adams being the most notable person about that. But when they scored early, it was basically, it was a basic counter where they got the ball, 
flung it forward. They had enough speed to catch up. It was kind of tough for Turbo and Josiah and everyone else to really keep pace with them. And that's how they got their first goal was a simple counterattack. So I think those are the three biggest takeaways. And I think had Madison finished half of their chances, they win that match or it would have been another four, one, five, two type of match because they had the, they dominated what's having the ball and created chances galore. They just could not finish it. It was a frustrating match to watch. And especially for those that stayed up, it was like, you, you just had a feeling they were going to score another one. They just couldn't. So just to give you some stats, uh, 58% of the possession for Madison and we had 21 total shots. Uh, 10 of those shots were on target. Uh, and unfortunately only one goal, uh, 17 chances created as well. Um, just kind of a, a, a dominating performance at 255 passes in the opponent's half as well, which is, you know, just an incredible amount of, of domination, even corners, 12 corner kicks for forward Madison versus one for Tucson. So, um, I'll be honest, I had the chance then the next day to, you know, sober up and, and watch the match and, having seen all of the, the various anger on Twitter, uh, decided that maybe for my mental health, uh, as Mike has pointed out, there's been enough good news in America today that I didn't need to add to it by watching Madison miss the goal repeatedly. And so just kind of uh, decided to uh, perhaps skip that. I did not, however, skip the next match, which came uh, if they played Wednesday night, less than 72 hours later. I'm doing the math very quickly in my head. Uh, because 72 hours later, they fly back from Tucson, uh, you know, get, get back in and then jump in the bus and go down to Wauwatosa's Heart Park. And it is something that I wanted to bring up as kind of by way of transition, you know, on, on Twitter, Max, uh, of Chelsea, Milwaukee brought up, you know, uh, and very nicely said he'd hang up and listen, really appreciate this. And, and Amanda and, and Mike, I'd be interested to get your input on this as well. What do you consider a successful season uh, this year for forward Madison? Because I think from a, 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 an outsider's perspective, they may not realize what a giant drag in some sense this season has been for, for forward Madison. So um, Mike, uh, Amanda, love to hear you know, your opinion and, and Kyle, your opinion on what might be a, a successful season from your view. Mike, you look confused. I've got a hot take. I'll just be super gross and say that a successful 2020 season for any uh, USL side is going to be none of the players getting COVID and the team not having to shut due to bankruptcy. Uh, And frankly, like, yeah, I want us to win games and I want us to come back strong and have a fantastic time next year, but oh my God, (laughs) What, what is happening yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I, for some sense, it's, it's been a, a kind of background conversation that we've been having on this podcast, Dan and, and Kyle and myself, is should we be doing the podcast? Should we not be doing the podcast? Are we normalizing what is very strange, you know, situation uh, overall? You know, my, my concern is less, and I don't know how, you know, the rest of you feel about this, that then uh, the sort of atmosphere at Hart Park because it seems like everybody's wearing masks our fans are committed to that there's a good you know amount of social distancing but the the idea of commercial airline travel just seems like a disaster somehow um and so curious as well Amanda as, as you know someone uh 
who, who follows the team. What, what were you thinking about going into this season and what might be your evaluation as a, a, for a successful season? I agree with a lot of what Mike said, but I think that we're successful so far already. It's already been a successful season that we've been able to play games. I believe we're the only team that had to go to a different location than what they typically play in. So that's challenging enough right there. And we've still had a pretty dedicated fan base, I'd say. Even if people miss a game here or there, they still are very in the loop on what's happening. And the team's done a great job of like keeping up the energy and excitement, even if people can't physically go to the games quite as easily as they did last year. Yeah, and I think, you know, Kyle, uh, to speak to kind of the on-the-field issues, and, and it's something if you talk to Neil and you talk to Daryl, these are challenges that they have never experienced in their careers as coaches in that, you know, they're scheduling buses. I mean, Daryl has never coached high school, I don't think, so he probably never had to schedule a bus for the JV team out to Wanakee on a Tuesday evening. But uh, I think, you know, from some some perspective having to travel an hour to training, having to get all the players onto a, you know, I think probably two buses based on the league's social distancing mandates, having to arrange these practice fields. It's not your home field, not being able to have all that, that flexibility takes its toll. Yeah. And I think, you know, I would say when you have to drive about an hour to train and come back and then you got to drive an hour to play at your home stadium, it's definitely going to create challenges you can't train the same way you would. Otherwise you can't prepare like a lot of the things that you're so used to doing with training and preparing, you can't do anymore. So I know that's always been tough. And I think for me, the expectation, like I joked that a successful season is you win the heavy Derby trophy or you win a title. And right now we didn't win the heavy Derby. So that's out. And the title is looking kind of tough, but in all seriousness, I think challenging, and with the changes, it was going to be harder because not only the top two teams make it instead of six teams. And I would say challenging to make that, make that final would have been, I consider a successful season, all things considered with all the training and playing in a different stadium. And I think they've done that. And, you know, if things play out, they finished third, just finished a couple points, like not too far off of Richmond at this point. And I'd say that's relatively successful. They still haven't lost at hard park, which is good as well. Um, making sure that even though it's not the same home presence as everyone's used to with three Stevens, they have played well at hard park. They haven't lost. And, you know, other than the Greenville draw, they've won every game. So I think that's all things considered. I call it a successful season. And I think with the adjustments to COVID, you can only ask. And yeah, like Mike said, no one getting COVID and no one shutting down and being bankrupt, I think is a win as well. And so at this point, you know, after the match at, at Tucson or not, and then after the match against Chattanooga, Chattanooga was a one nil win at hard park. Um, and right now the, the chances for forward are, are 2.5% according to the estimates that they'll make the playoffs uh, a little bit of a long shot. Um, not, not what I would uh, gamble on um, if I were a gambling man, but you know, it's still out there. Um, and you, you still can draw bright spots from this, this season. I think one of the things is this is a fun team to watch play. Um, and I think there's just a lot of, you know, excitement. And I would have liked, you know, we, we had kind of an odd preseason uh, where things were starting to groove and then everything shut down with COVID. And then, 
you know, we had to scramble around and didn't get the, the same sort of preseason training that a lot of clubs did and got up and running a little bit later. And I think that showed our first couple of matches. We were a little, a little rustier, I would say, than, than other teams. And then, you know, just with the, the influx of new players that we had, we have a good core returning, um, you know, but it, as the season has gone on, you, you see there's, a, there, there's some real exciting things going on. One of them actually was we had some squad rotation because of this short turnaround. And, you know, we had a little different starting lineup, a little different midfield three with, uh, you know, uh, on, uh, on Wednesday night, but then went back to Vang uh, with J.C. Banks, with Eric Leonard in, in, in the middle, if I rem- remember correctly, actually. Uh, and then, um, you know, we had a couple of squad with number nine uh, changing from Vosges to uh, Noah Fusan, who made his first start, Kyle, on, on Saturday. And so that squad rotation, kind of the first key point. But um, what did you think of, of Fusan in the first 45 minutes there? You can tell off the ball, he works really hard. I kind of think that's his best attribute is he can run around and he can press and he can cause problems for the goalie and defender. He like off the ball, his work rate is really, really good. And I don't think that was something that I knew going in and now watching a couple matches. He's just, he's fast. Like he his ability to change pace and to immediately get a higher like speed. It's really impressive. It stands out. So when he gets the chances, I think he's an intelligent runner as well, making the runs that he needs to. I don't know, a couple matches ago against OCB, he made that run that allowed Brandon Neaton to score. But I think those are the things that, especially with more giving Wills a break, I think it was good. Um, you can definitely tell normally he comes off the bench and it shows like his energy and his work off the ball has really stood out to me so far. And uh, actually, it was actually the, the second game in a row where Ovalle uh, started in the midfield and probably to give the, the 30-year-old legs of, of J.C. Banks a little bit of, uh, of a rest after, you know, that short of a, a turnaround and, and a kind of tribute to the, you know, guys like Diaz and, and Tobin who made both both matches and Trimmingham as well, their kind of work rate. Um, and then the other kind of appearance was Eli Lockerbie, who, you know, I think uh, – we were excited to see more of and, and um, you know, I think put in a, a pretty good shift in the, in the first half and then uh, was uh, moved forward because they brought uh, Don smart out again, a, a older pair of legs we're, we'll call them um, and brought in Jiro uh, into the, the, the outside back role, uh, the right back role. And, and one of the things, you know, you see and uh, Amanda and Mike, you know, feel free to jump in, but, you know, Jiro last year was a, maybe a super sub would come out in the last seven, 10 minutes this year. I'd have a hard time arguing that he's not one of the best right backs in the league and, and would make the case that he's maybe most improved player. Yeah, he has been having a fantastic season uh, and he's getting mentioned by the announcers in other games. I have been watching the other USL league one matches on ESPN plus and cheering for whoever needs to win to beat you know, either cheering for the draw or the win loss result that helps us most in the tables, because that's totally my brand, right? <laughs> huge, huge, huge league. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely. And I honestly think we need and sitting at home and I have occasionally had, you know, like one or two friends over in the backyard and I set up my TV outside so that we can sit you know, way apart from each other. 
and we don't have any chance for Jiro. We don't like we we don't have um, some of the folks who've really stepped up this season aren't in the flock hymnal. That's a good point. No. We do not have a, a Jiro song. No, we or had one to the tune of "Hey Jude," but we didn't have a chance to practice it because we haven't had fans. Right, right. So, like, we're going to really have to uh, work on the repertoire. I mean, it's nice when I can occasionally sing Donnie Smart, King of Kingston in the backyard and let my condo neighbors look at me askance. But, you know, yeah, we, we, we're going to need to expand the songbook. Uh, and I, I think as well with Jiro, and we saw it, he's going both ways tremendously well. I think it was, Kylan, about the 61st minute where he kind of misjudged a ball. It gets by him, and then he recovers and just makes a tremendous tackle. But maybe two minutes earlier, he was marauding uh, up the the right-hand flank on on the dribble, and he's revealed himself to be a tremendous dribbler of the ball and taking guys on, Kyle. Yeah, we... I think last year we saw he was very direct. He would just get the ball on the way and go, and he can either put in a cross, or if it was on the opposite flank, he would make the run in the box. And now this year, it seems like he's incorporating more of his dribbling to cut inside or to get around guys, especially in the defensive half. He's very calm on the ball, and I think that's allowed him to get past a few players, reset, look for someone in the midfield, or continue going forward. And, yeah, his defensive his defense has been what really stood out. I think that's why most improved player, he should be up there because, you know, when we thought of Jiro, we just thought of, you know, a winger that can be a super sub. And now it's like, he's an everyday fullback. I, I think that's, I, he's put in all the work and props to him, but yeah, I did not see this coming up when the first lineup came out. I saw Jiro at fullback. I was like, well, that kind of makes sense. You know, go with guys that, you know, and that can play the role, maybe get locked like worked in, but no, he's, He's impressed from day one, and I would be shocked if he's still on this roster next year, to be honest, because I think what he's doing is going to attract interest from other teams. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think he's a guy that we could see move up uh, a level uh, to, you know, the USL championship. Um, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. And hopefully they have him on a multi-year deal where we can get some transfer money out of it. Uh, that would be nice. Um, or a club option. And we can sign that and get some transfer money out of it. But I, I agree. I think he's been outstanding. And, you know, the only question in this, this is what circulated around Pato was, you know, he was getting looks from MLS teams, but it, it comes down to sometimes a work permit uh, roster allocation spot question, a little less of a concern in, in the championship. But I think with, um, with Jiro, there's no reason from a talent perspective that he can't move up one or, you know, even two levels. I mean, he's just, he's improved so rapidly that you have to believe that, 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 uh, you know, uh, kind of makes him a, a possibility moving up. And I think him being younger is going to benefit him as well. I think with Pato being a little bit older, um, yeah. that might be used against him for the MLS, but while Jiro's only like what, 23, 24, like that's something that could work in his favor. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think teams are willing to take a little bit of chance on somebody a little bit younger that they can see grow in those situations. Um, now, the final one, and, and we do not yet have, even though we have been on the Vang train and the G is silent um, from the very beginning, uh, we do not, I think, Kyle, have a Michael Vang song in in the hymnal. I like that, the Ford Madison hymnal. Um, and so, you know, Look, driving that train high on Michael Vang to the t- tune of Casey Jones works for me. 
but uh, I can't, I can't carry a tune, but um, the Vang train rumbles along and it's been spectacular. And he, and he got another goal. Yep. I, it was funny because uh, chairman Schmidt and I, we were working on, it, it was one of those things where we had ideas, but because a there's no season B, we haven't had to practice it. Haven't been able to fully put it together. So I apologize to not adding it to the hymnal. If he is back next year and we are at breeze, that is going to be a priority. Um, but no, it was, the goal was great. Again, working it from the right side. Woj unfortunately couldn't finish it, which I feel like if he's for some reason, he can't score with his head and I don't know what's going on. He's going to score it eventually, but you know, it's one of those where if Woj doesn't, if Woj could have easily scored it, good save by Mangles, who's a really good goalie, but thankfully Vang is right there to put it away. And yeah, I think kind of like you're saying about this team being fun. That's just another example of there's a variety of guys now that can score. I think last year it was very dependent on Don, Paulo, and JC to score all the goals. And now, you know, Don can score goals, Paulo can score goals, Woj can score goals, Mike Vang, JC Banks, even Eric Leonard, Josiah. Can, like everyone on this team is capable of scoring goals now. And I don't think that was something that you could really say last year. Um, and, and I know Mike, it looked like you were going to jump in and say something. Yeah. So I'll see the floor to you. Well, I was going to say, I think Keith inadvertently wrote the Michael Vang song um, because it's to the tune of the caissons go rolling along as the Vang train goes rolling along. Uh, so I think, uh, thank you. You didn't mean to do that, but you, I, you totally just did, right? Yeah, I, I, sure. I'll, uh, obviously. Uh, you know, I am the, uh, the McCartney and Lennon of forward Madison. That is the Bob Dylan uh, of forward Madison in that my I will on. let you have those two guys. That is totally fine. Make me Ringo <laughs> and I will be in peace. <laughs> this is, you really want to be Ringo. What's with the Ringo? I don't want to be John Lennon. No, nobody wants to be John Lennon. Uh, George Harrison, I think. Alive for starters. Yeah. <laughs> George Harrison, dead or Canadian, dead. Um, you know. George Harrison is dead. Yeah. Uh, Paul yeah. McCartney's still hanging on. Yep. So, you know. Uh, Amanda, of all the players uh, this year, you know, speaking of this kind of fun aspect, is there one that has stood out to you as, as the most fun uh, player to, to kind of watch or the one that kind of draws you in the most to, to watch the matches. I think probably bang. He, he was a really good acquisition and he's just played very, very well throughout this entire season. Like he's very reliable has a goal, practically every match. So very fun to watch. And I hope we get to keep him around for one more year so we can all see him play in real life. Uh, but otherwise, if he moves up, that's okay too. You know, you, you bring up Amanda, something very, very crucial. They're very reliable. And I think of myself when I was 19 and I was not at all reliable. Um, so, you know, and, and got to give him credit for, I think, being very mature for his age. As a 19-year-old kid, I was not at all uh, that kind of reliable. Um, I'm not, as a 42-year-old man, that kind of reliable. Um, so I think that... You can that, also say I was not reliable at 19. Yeah. Uh, Amanda, I don't know if you were reliable at 19. Mike, uh, I have my doubts about your 19 year old reliability. We can have a, we, we can have an offline, uh, story <laughs> about that. It, you'd be surprised. You might be wrong. I might be wrong. Wow. But we can uh, leave it off the air. <laughs> now, now I have this image of Mike, uh, you know, just blo- 
like all of a sudden his, his wild and crazy days came after, you know? Uh, when, well, we'll put it on the air. When Mike was 19, <laughs> he was wearing a Roman collar. What? what? So, yeah, you tend to be kind of reliable in seminary. <laughs> <laughs> this, this may have been even bigger news than the, the <laughs> Flock the, the Vote poster. This may be the big... This is going to cause this podcast to go viral. <laughs> By which, well, are we supposed to do that this year? No, probably not. The one year we don't want to go viral, this podcast will go viral. And also, <laughs> as, a, as a gay man of a certain age, I'm still not comfortable with the phrase going viral because I've literally spent my entire fucking adult life avoiding that. Yeah. Um, which is why I'm so angry at all these people not wearing masks on the show. Like, you know... It's not like I'm asking you to wear a condom. Can you just put something over your face? <laughs> why are you trying to bareback me without my consent? <laughs> you know, that's why they bring me on the podcast, right? Yes. <laughs> this very moment. So can we wrap back to uh, the... Uh, Speaking of rapping, yeah. We're going to... Yeah, so <laughs> um, so uh, on Saturday, the 3rd, we will be back at Hart Park well, we, this is you, you stole my transition because oh, I was going to mention that that part of the reason you and Amanda couldn't watch you couldn't watch the match was because you were saving democracy. And uh, in fact, though, in Madison, we learned, and we were talking about this with, with Amanda beforehand. Uh, in Madison, uh, participatory democracy seems quite strong because we heard we guys have record turnout for poll workers this year. Yes, I was kind of hoping to be able to announce that like this podcast would be the final opportunity to squeeze in and be hired as a poll worker. But actually, we had to shut down the application process before taping because we currently have over 6,000 people signed up to work at the polls, which is amazing. Some of them are going to end up canceling, but that will still leave us with plenty. Um, and uh, it, it, it's fantastic. It's so wonderful. So many young people have stepped up explicitly saying, we're here to let older poll workers sit this one out for their health. And that it, it's, uh, we're down to under 20% of uh, our workforce is over 60 at this point, which is starkly different uh, than your experience walking into every polling place in America ever. Well, I kind of liked it because it made me feel young. Um, you know, that happens less and less, but you know, uh, I'm, I'm one person about whom they don't say young at heart. Um, but so you guys missed, uh, the match at Hart Park and are going to miss this, this week's match as well, because what's going on, uh, and Bree Stevens is one of the sites. Um, this is kind of, kind of cool democracy in the park because, uh, and Kyle, I think now is a good time to explain why in this particular instance, uh, fuck Robin Voss. Fuck uh, Jim Steineke. Fuck the bitch-ass cowards of the Wisconsin legislature. So, yeah, I mean, if there's anything that we learned from this past weekend, it's that those cowards tried stopping the event. Mm. Not not necessarily to because it was breaking any laws. They just don't want people voting because they know that if people vote, that it puts their position in a tenuous position. And I think what... Every, what's been going on in Madison is very important and they know, you know, between Madison and Milwaukee, those are the two areas that are going to help carry a uh, certain side of the party. And I think with those cowards, they're trying to suppress it as much as possible. So 
it's good that it kept on going. It's good that it'll still keep on going. And I'll let Amanda and Mike do more of the explaining. But yes, it's kind of funny seeing those things that they want not happen. And let me let me kick to Amanda first because uh, you directly staff. I did the the front office work, but you were on the field. Yeah, I was at Olin Park for the afternoon shift, so twelve to three, and I'd say it was a pretty successful day. Um, there we got. Uh, at least over, I think, 34 absentees dropped off there and a few registrations and then just a ton of people asking us what was going on, which hopefully means that this next weekend will be even higher turnout. So, so yeah, sorry, tell us what the event was called and why you were in a park. Yeah, so it's called Democracy in the Park, and we were at over 200 parks. I hate to interrupt you, Amanda. I love having Mike on the podcast because he does my job for me. Yeah. This is tremendous. <laughs> yeah, Democracy in the Park. We were at, out at over 200 parks across the city. Um, we were in large parks, small parks, neighborhood parks, all over the place. Pretty much if you walked 10 minutes from your house, you probably ran into somebody in the park that is an official poll worker that could accept your absentee ballot, help you register, just give you general information on voting and what to do to be prepared for November and for all elections. Yeah, and Amanda, thank you so much for taking time uh, out of your weekend to do that. Uh, and and you and many other city employees, including, like, there are a bunch of Pink Tape members who missed watching the game. Um, I actually was watching it on ESPN plus because I was able to sneak in. I was, you know, do, doing the, the prep work, although, and I also got to watch the Tucson game because I was still sitting up that late dealing with scheduling issues, uh, that night. Um, so I was on my, uh, going through emails and cursing at both emails and the screen, uh, of, of the match simultaneously. But, you know, so one of the things we, you know, this is just something that good municipalities do. So city services are supposed to be easily accessible to city residents. You know, that's, um, that's how you know whether you live in a good city or a shitty uh, municipality. And apparently a lot of people who live in shitty municipalities uh, had a problem with Madison being a well-run municipality and offering its municipal services to its residents, uh, and tried to, you know, and, and Robin Voss got his, um, you know, his, his pretty blue gown in a bunch and, uh, was upset that we were offering basic city services, uh, to city residents. Uh, and the reason it was so many, we got so many questions. Well, why do you have to be in so many places? Well, the city of Madison has more parks per capita than any municipality in the entire United States. And Amanda mentioned, you know, odds are if you walked 10 minutes in any direction from your house, you hit a park. 95% of City of Madison residents live within a 10-minute walk of at least one park. Uh, and so, you know, maybe, uh, maybe Robin Voss should uh, support Caledonia having more public green space uh, if he's so butthurt about it. Um, <laughs> But, but like, hey, I'm not going to apologize for our city government being better than many other municipalities and providing better municipal services. Do they also want to bitch about how often we pick up brush? 
and 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 plow the roads actually and, you know yes and, they do they still complain about that they, they do will always they do. Complain. they do they do yeah. they, they will do. always complain. what i will say however um and Mike, uh, I, I think a couple of things. Uh, you, you make a, a admirable case because one of the unique things about Wisconsin elections is they are run by municipalities in a lot of ways. And we are very lucky here in Madison to have a wonderful uh, city clerk of carts in Mary Beth Eisenman. And going forward, I'd encourage everyone to uh, take her voter registration training uh, that she offers or Mike you actually, in a fantastic PowerPoint, you are the PowerPoint king, I have to say, because you did for Pink Tape employees and others who are interested in helping people vote uh, before COVID, a wonderful uh, voter registration uh, guide so that we could all be uh, sort of trained in helping people register to vote and, and can do various activities. Um, but one of the, the most, I will say, insidious things about Voss, et cetera, and this is not necessarily a, po- a politics podcast, but in places like Milwaukee, they've upped the requirements for people there to vote while simultaneously making it harder to obtain those services. Um, you know, they've uh, added added the need to, you know, have a photo ID, but closed down limited hours for DMVs in those places. So, uh, you know, one of the things that Madison is very fortunate, I think, is that we have a dedicated, you know, uh, government who is dedicated to making sure people come out and vote. We're a well-funded municipality. But one of the things that I want to stress to people is as well that it's not just you that you should worry about uh, voting here in Madison. You know, it sounds like, you know, people are, are getting out and voting, but make a plan with maybe two or three other people that you know uh, to get out and vote, whether they're young people, whether you're, they're your friends in Milwaukee, whether they're your friends in Caledonia, um, if you have friends in Caledonia, to get them out and vote because the, the, you know, the overwhelming majority of information says that the more people who vote, uh, generally the, the better the elections are uh, from the perspective of you know, results for non-fascist orange people. Yeah, and I will add to that. Also, coordinate with people in terms of absentee ballots if you need a witness. You know, if there's a way that you can text each other, message each other, and say, hey, you can still have a socially distant. Can you verify, be the witness to my ballot, get a sign so that you have to make sure that happens. So along with me making the plan to vote, if you plan on doing an absentee ballot, making sure to coordinate with those same people to be each other's witnesses if you don't live with someone already. If you live with someone already that can be a witness, go with them. But otherwise, you know, I'm just thinking of someone that lives by themselves. Maybe they don't have that opportunity. But just make those kind of plans as well. Well, this is where... Yeah, uh, Producer Paisley can't serve as my witness, for instance, unfortunately. Who cannot? Producer Paisley cannot. Oh, yes, the dog. Yes. Correct. Okay. I was like, why not? Oh, wait, it's a dog. <laughs> producer Hannah could be your witness. Yeah, producer Hannah could. But um, yeah, and this is the thing. One of the services that you can do if you're going to bring your absent, an absentee ballot you've already gotten in the mail. You can't go get a ballot at the park. You have to bring the one you already requested with you. Um, but if you don't have a way to get a witness, bring your blank ballot to the park. We'll either bring a pen or we'll give you a pen. You show the poll worker that you've got a blank ballot and then you stand plenty far back so that uh, we don't see how you vote 
but you can fill out your ballot, seal it in the envelope, you sign the envelope, and then, and then in that specific circumstance, our poll worker can be your witness for you. Uh, and, that's, and that is a huge, huge benefit to, there's a wide range of folks who live alone, whether it's young folks or old folks, uh, you know, th- th- it, that is a clear and specific need uh, and making sure that there's a socially distanced way to get a witness. Um, like voting shouldn't be dangerous. It, it, it would seem, it would seem. Um, now, uh, Amanda, and uh, are you working again uh, this weekend, unable to watch uh, Saturday's match? I'm actually not working this one. I, a couple other pink tape people are, so I probably will actually be able to watch this one. Um, yeah. But on top of all the democracy in the park events, um, you also can just walk your ballot right up to the clerk's office on weekdays from 8 to 4.30. They've got people sitting right outside the door. You don't even need to go in the building or anything. So if you are out and about on a weekday, that's another very, very easy way to make sure your ballot gets turned into the right place quickly. And there's still time to put it in the mail. Um, You know, and people have been, well, there's been a coordinated attempt to undermine the postal service, right? But uh, it's still gonna get there by November 3rd if you put it in the mail tomorrow. Like Louis DeJoy isn't actually sitting inside the Milwaukee uh, <laughs> facility looking for your ballot to intercept. Although people who call city hall seem to absolutely think that that's the case. Uh, ha- you know, and, and, and you know, uh, so there's still time to mail it, but don't wait to mail it. You know, this is why we're having all of these opportunities to talk to meet an official city representative, get a witness signature if you need one, or just hand it to somebody who you can trust will get it to where it needs to get. Uh, and that we just, uh, we've got, if you check our website, citymedicine.com slash clerk, we're, uh, we've got poll workers at libraries on a rotating basis on weekdays um, where you can register or drop off your absentee ballot. You know, there, we, this is an ongoing, it's part of our normal range of city operations, which is why it's so bizarre to have Vicki McKenna whipping people into an angry froth of, uh, of, of, of hatred and racism, uh, you know, on this. Uh, so, but there we go. That, that's how you do And then they all call City Hall and they take my time away from helping perfectly nice little old ladies who need to know how they can get their ballot in. Instead, I have to talk to somebody who is was lied to by their radio, uh, in, you know, into saying no, no. And and people drove up to the parks on Saturday and screamed at my poll workers and called them criminals. It was like half a step back from being Pizzagate out there. It was, um, and this was. In many cases, a lot of the people at Democracy in the Park, now Angela's young, it, 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 sorry, Amanda is young and fit. We also had Angela there. We had, there were 2,000 people out uh, working on Saturday. Uh, we had young and hale people, but a lot of the people working were poll workers who are sitting out November because they're older and vulnerable. And this outdoor event was their way to put in their shift. 
because they're poll workers and that's part of their identity and they care about their neighbors. And people from out of town drove up and screamed obscenities at them and told them that they were criminals. Uh, one side wants you to vote, the other doesn't, I think is, you know, kind of, uh, to, not to put too fine a point on it. And before... Uh, I was say, you... One side encourages you to vote. One side tries to do things to make voting as difficult as possible so that you don't want to vote. <laughs> Uh, a couple other things, you know, related to making it as difficult as possible uh, here in uh, Wisconsin, we do have a voter ID requirement. If you ever have any questions about if your voter ID works or doesn't work, you can wa- call the, the uh, you know, uh, uh, clerk of courts, but also there is a the voter clerk. ID. Ho- uh, pardon? The clerk's, the city clerk. The city clerk's office, yeah. Your villager town clerk will also yep. help you. Yep. Uh, but also here uh, in Dane County, there is the voter ID coalition where if you're unable to get to a DMV or anything like that uh, or have questions or, or what you need or what you need to bring to the polls or anything, uh, they have a hotline and it's 608-285-2141. I think yeah. a, a great service, especially uh, if you know someone who's older who may not be able to get to the DMV to uh, or if they have questions, if they have an expired uh, ID or anything like that, the hotline, you leave a message, they'll call you back. It's a great group. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to know, to tie this back to flocking the vote and to Forward Madison, I do believe one of the sites that people can go to is Bree Stevens. Is that correct? That is a city park. So we will be there from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Saturday, October 3rd, to help you register to vote, to accept your already voted absentee ballot, and to provide uh, you know nonpartisan authoritative voter information to you, uh, let's let me ask uh, Amanda. Is the most common question, what do I do if my driver license doesn't have my current address on it? I shockingly did not have anyone ask that at Olin Park when I was there. That's because they haven't moved in 20 years in that neighborhood. (laughs) But I have definitely had that question a number of other times in the past. And does that matter, Amanda? No. Right. uh, When you vote, when you show ID to vote, you're proving who you are, not where you live. When you register to vote, you show a document that has your address, like a utility bill, uh, you know, a, a lease, a bank statement, or maybe even your Wisconsin driver license. So uh, we hope, by the way, uh, that in the future, all of you will get to experience uh, in person Mike's fantastic voter ID training or voter registration training. It's spectacular. You included pictures of, I I think, Ryan Coulter. Um, You know, uh, there were there were lots of great photos. It was very forward Madison themed. It was it was every piece a work of, of clip art. art was every piece of clip art in the presentation was replaced with a soccer photo leaning heavily on forward Madison or the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. It was it was truly As a work of should. art. Yes, uh, because women play soccer better than men. The, the, they're they're certainly more successful in this country. Let's put it that way. I I'm going to stand by that everywhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm a, I was, I am a huge fan of women's sports, uh, across the spectrum. And one of my, I was just the other day wearing a New Zealand women's cricket Jersey to, 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 uh, you know, cheer on the white ferns to an unfortunate loss to Australia. 
Uh, well, and, and unfortunately, I think COVID has, has put this a little bit on the back burner, but I think one of the hopes is that Forward Madison at some point will uh, get up a, a women's team as well, and the flock can come out and support them because, uh, quite frankly, we need more excuses to get together and yell. Um, and uh, I, I miss all of your faces dearly uh, and hope to see you in person again soon. Um, but until next time, we say forwards, not backwards. Upwards, not forwards, and always twirling, twirling, twirling towards freedom.